You're listening to Stream of Conscience, Beckett's Religious Liberty Podcast. Today's episode is Feds and Feathers. I'm Hannah Smith, Senior Counsel at Beckett. And I'm Katie Geary, a Beckett Fellow. Today we bring you the story of a Native American pastor's 10-year battle with the federal government. His goal? Simply to worship. It's a story of sacred eagle feathers, undercover government agents, and the unlikely Supreme Court case that helped to overturn decades of discrimination. The year is 2006. Robert Soto is conducting a traditional Lapan Apache powwow. It's a celebration, a worship service. Hundreds have shown up for the powwow, Lapan Apaches from Soto's state of Texas and beyond. But Pastor Soto notices a man lurking. There's just no better word to describe it. And suddenly he sees his brother-in-law in conversation with this man. And his brother-in-law looks panicked. Actually, you know, I approached him. He didn't approach me. So Soto decides to investigate. I went out of the circle. I went out of the room where we were having this our powwow ceremony. And my brother-in-law, who had 42 of my feathers that I had loaned him, and uh, I saw him being harassed by uh, this person. So I went out, and I realized this, who, that, well, he turned around and said, I'm an officer of the Department of Interior, uh, Fishing Game of the Bureau of Indian Affairs. He goes, give me your eagle feathers. Eagle feathers? The Fish and Wildlife Department is going undercover to confiscate eagle feathers from a powwow? Well, as strange as that sounds, it's exactly what was going on here. And we'll tell you a little bit more about the undercover operation. It was called Operation Powwow, and the lawsuit that followed in a bit. But first, let us tell you a little bit about Robert Soto. He's a member of the Lapan Apache tribe, a tribe that's recognized by the state of Texas. But not by the federal government. McKellen Grace Brethren Church was a, a little church we started about 26 years ago after I graduated from uh, Grace Theological Seminary. Robert Soto is a pastor. His faith is pure American. It really can't be separated from what he calls his nativeness. Well, I think the difference is that we're traditional in a sense of our worship is traditional. We worship God with a drum and our native songs, that uh, a lot of them that I composed. Uh, but the difference is, 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 is what we call uh, Christocentric, which is centered around Christ. So for the Lapan Apache, a typical worship service takes place in a community circle, and the focus of the service is a drum. They start with prayer, and then the honor song, and from there, worship becomes a series of songs that come to mind, songs and dance. Well, the dance has always been important to our people. It's, uh, it goes way back before time. We celebrated, we danced. Uh, a lot of people call them war dances, but a lot of the war dances were just celebration dances where we got together and, and just celebrate life. You know, somebody's birthday, somebody's wedding, somebody's anniversary. So Pastor Soto is a dancer himself. See, I do two kinds of dances. I'm an eagle dancer, but I'm also a feather dancer. The feather dance is the dance that came out of the old traditional dance. A lot of the teenagers back in the 40s, 1940s, uh, weren't exactly excited with the old traditional dance. They wanted something of their own. So some of the natives started with a guy named Gus McDonald. He was a Ponca Indian, uh, went out of Oklahoma, um, started adding bright feathers and bright colors to his outfit. And they, he asked the for the drum to go faster and faster. And the faster the drum went, the more exotic the dance became, more wild and, and twisting and turning. And 
And so that started the, what they call the feather dance or the modern dance movement. The feather dance isn't strictly religious, but it's culturally very important to the Lipan Apache. I became a feather dancer when I was a little boy and went to the first gathering and I saw one. I was a bundle of energy, I still am sort of, and I just saw this potential of that I could act a little crazy in the circle and still look normal. In the feather dance, Pastor Soto wears, you guessed it, feathers. And he wears eagle feathers because, remember, he's also an eagle dancer. The eagle dance is a dance that is done not so much in worship of the eagle, but in gratitude of the eagle. Everything we see is a gift from God. And so the eagle, like a lot of the creation, uh, prepares us in life. You know, even the Bible says, if you want to know about God, just talk to the creation. Pastor Soto does these two types of traditional and spiritual dance, and he wears elaborate traditional garments with this huge headpiece, and it's covered with feathers. It's really beautiful the way they all shift with him when he dances. At the powwow, we use our feathers, but the, but the circle at the powwow is sacred. And the feathers are meaningful not just for the dances, but for Pastor Soto's religion too. We use our eagle feathers not so much for dancing, but for ceremonies. We have ceremonies in the circle, and the circle would be considered almost like a church service. You might be wondering, how would someone use feathers in a religious ceremony? Well, a lot of times just the carrying the feathers. You know, the, the feathers symbolize power to us. Not so much power in a sense of physical power, but spiritual power. And other times he uses them to fan sage or tobacco smoke. In the service itself, we use it for a part of the ceremony where we smudge. And so the, the, the implication of the smudging is lighting sage and bringing the smoke to yourself and fanning it up to the, to the heavens. And we be, that was an old Asian tradition, which is also very biblical among the Hebrew, that you fan the incense to heaven and said the prayers and the, and the smoke will carry up prayers to, to God above. So it's also a way for the person who's praying to sort of bring the spirit onto the person who's being prayed on. Pastor Soto has been dancing with feathers for decades. All the feathers that we have are gifted to us. Out of the 50 feathers they took away from me, 44 we've had since 1970. And they have a fascinating history. Four of them were gifted to me while I helped an, an elderly Pawnee woman through the dying process. And that was something she left for me after she passed away was a few eagle feathers. And two of the other feathers were given to my brother-in-law. As one of our members went into war, he prayed for him every day. And in honor of those prayers, when he came back from the war, he gave them the two feathers. So this federal agent comes into a traditional powwow, which Pastor Soto told us is sacred, and he takes these feathers. How and why did he do that? It's called the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. It's a law that was enacted to protect endangered species of birds. The original law was, and still is today, that every feather that is possessed by a native, whether you're from a tribe recognized by the federal government or not, has to be issued by the Department of Interior or from the United States government. And if that feather is not issued by the United States government, then it's an illegal possession. Illegal, as in steep fines and even jail time. So in order to get feathers, which are essential for their worship, 
Native Americans have to apply to the Department of the Interior, and then the Department of the Interior decides whether to issue any feathers to them. And that sort of makes sense because you don't want people going out and trying to capture or kill endangered species. Right, but Pastor Soto and other Native Americans who revere and respect the eagle. They would never harm a bird just for its feathers. Exactly. And it's important to know that there are a lot of non-religious exemptions to this law that allow feathers to be used. For example, museums and scientists and zoos are allowed to possess feathers or bird parts for educational purposes. That's Beckett's Deputy General Counsel, Luke Goodrich. And then there are also a, a very detailed permitting process that allows people to get permits to either accidentally or purposely harm birds for a variety of reasons. So, for example, large power companies can get permits that allow them to kill eagles either through electrocution when、uh, birds hit power lines or with collisions with、uh, wind turbines. But for everyone else, you can't even pick them up. The moment you pick up that feather from the ground, you're already broken the law. This is not just a law that applies to eagle feathers. It actually applies to over 90% of all native bird species in this country. So every single one of my children is actually a federal criminal because they have picked up feathers of doves and ducks and Canada geese on our nature walks. Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. Pastor Soto's feathers are sacred because they are eagle feathers. But unless they were issued by the federal government, they're illegal to possess. But they were also personally and emotionally very significant to Pastor Soto and his tribe. Until that day, at the celebration powwow, when the government stripped him of them without even warning him. Panic. But one of the the things I remember was just people, the children, because children had feathers, and their parents would say, "Quickly get your feathers!" And I remember two of my nephews that were just little boys at the time. They ran into the kitchen where my wife was, and they said, "Auntie, Auntie, those high hat feathers! The government's here to take us away." Pastor Soto didn't want to create chaos, so he tried to keep the atmosphere calm. He quietly passed along the word that there was a federal agent there, and that anyone with feathers should leave and fast. There was some power panic in the masses, but I could see the panic of those that, you know, quickly hiding, dragging, taking away, hiding, and putting them in their cars before the federal agents come back again. It was painful on so many levels. I just came home, and I that, even that day, I just felt like I've, I just felt like my, my nativeness had just been ripped off from me, and 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 and, and the, my identification. I mean, who was I? Who am I? The best way to describe it was my mom. My mom just turned eighty-six. And she was 76 at that time. She said, "I felt like the government just grabbed her fist, jabbed it into my chest, and ripped my heart out." I didn't know what to do. I mean, I didn't know any lawyers. I didn't. I didn't even have a clue. I only knew that I was in danger. I was in in trouble with the government, and and so I, I like to think that I'm a spiritual person, and and so I spent a lot of time. Um, in prayer, a lot of times, just kind of closed myself in my bedroom and spent hours in prayer, asking God for wisdom. And finally, I said, "God, I need a lawyer." And a lot of people don't believe this, but right at the time that I said, "God, I need a lawyer," the phone rang, and there was a lawyer that dealt with federal crimes. He said, "I know nothing about feathers, nothing about powwows, nothing about buying Indian." I said, "But I do know two things: you're in trouble, and you need my help. And if you allow me to, because I would like to represent you free." He told me that I was facing、uh, up to 15 years in federal prison and a $250,000 fine, 
That's a steep price to pay for dancing with some feathers. But this wasn't the first time that the government had confiscated their feathers, so they didn't have much hope, unfortunately, that it would be resolved in their favor. And the government had the law on its side. It's why they'd created Operation Pow Wow in the first place, to look for feathers among tribes not recognized by the federal government. And Luke explained what that means. So for a long time, any sincere Native American who really believed in using eagle feathers or other bird parts in their religious practices could get a permit and could use eagle feathers for religious reasons. Uh, But in 1999, uh, the Department of Interior changed its regulations and said that Native Americans could only get a permit to use eagle feathers if they were a member of a federally recognized tribe. Federal recognition means a tribe has access to certain hospitals. It means children in the tribe have access to certain grants. It allows a tribe to do things like run casinos and get eagle feathers. But the application process to become federally recognized isn't easy. We applied twice, and the first time we sent almost 24,000 pages, and they say that it got lost. (laughs) Of course. And so we tried it a second time, and... That fell through. So we're in the process of a third time. And you said before that could take decades, right? Yeah, this is, so far we've, we've been working on it for 10 years. Pastor Soto had grown up in a climate of fear. He remembered as a kid hearing about raids into people's homes where federal agents were looking for feathers to confiscate. So the decision to go to court, he didn't make that lightly. But his case was about more than just getting his eagle feathers back. It was about government control of Native Americans. They stripped me from my spirituality. I couldn't use these feathers in the powwow. Now I couldn't use these feathers in ceremony. Every time, and I, and I wore turkey feathers. That's what my lawyer said, use turkey feathers. And, and, but it, it, and it wasn't the power of the feathers. The turkey feathers were just a symbol of defeat. Every time I took those feathers and I put them in my, in my outfit, this is, this is a symbol that I have been defeated because it wasn't my eagle feathers. But despite the odds, Pastor Soto kept the case going. We fought this for, for almost nine years, knowing that we were going to lose because nobody's ever won this case before. Uh, we, we always won in the lower federal courts, but always lost on the appeals. And when we lost in the lower courts, everybody was telling me, just give it up. Don't even pursue it anymore. And I said, but I can't stop. This was not right. And I still felt in my heart it was not right. He finally made it to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals when he got an unexpected call from his lawyer. I got a call about eight months later saying, I said, I I think we won. And I said, won what? He goes, I don't know, but I think we won. As Pastor Soto explained, there was good reason to be confused. When I read the title, the title said McAllen Grace Brethren Church versus the Department of Interior slash Hobby Lobby. And I went, Hobby Lobby? What is Hobby Lobby? Now, I'll admit, I love Hobby Lobby. I've always shopped in Hobby Lobby. I bought a lot of materials and crafts in Hobby Lobby. But here, their name was in my my lawsuit. So I quickly called my lawyers and said, why is Hobby Lobby part of our lawsuit? So you probably remember that Hobby Lobby was a case that involved a Christian family, the Green family, and they fought a federal government mandate that would have forced them to include certain contraceptives in their health care plans. So they had a religious objection to this, and they brought a lawsuit under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and they won at the U.S. Supreme Court. There have been a number of eagle feather cases that made their way up through the courts over the last decade, and time and again, 
the Native American plaintiffs had lost these cases. But then you have the Supreme Court's decision in Hobby Lobby, and you wouldn't think Christian business owners and Native Americans wanting to use eagle feathers have a lot in common. But the key thing they had in common is that they're suing under the same federal law, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. What was so unexpected in this decision was that Pastor Soto's win rested on the Supreme Court's decision in Hobby Lobby. And so a few uh, days after we got this, now we're in the settlement issue, um, I got a call from my lawyer says, uh, there's an organization called the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty that wants to take over the case. And I highly recommend we do it. And I said, well, you gonna be my lawyer for nine years now, whatever you say goes. And, and that's how I got introduced to the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty. And I'm honestly, right now, I'm glad they got involved. After nine years of staring at what seemed like certain defeat, Pastor Soto had won, sort of. The Fifth Circuit's decision wasn't a total victory. It didn't say, hey, the Native Americans automatically win. The Fifth Circuit just said, well, the government doesn't automatically win, and you got to go back to the district court, to the lower court, and sort out the facts and maybe have a trial and, and figure out how things go. And it made a lot of sense for Beckett to get involved for the next stage of the litigation. Trudy looks at, we're going for the feathers. And I didn't tell him he was crazy, but I told my lawyer, he goes, he's crazy. They're not going to give us back our feathers. Nobody's ever gotten these feathers back. Those, they probably don't even have them anymore. And I even told Lucas, you know, look, if they give you the feathers back, they're violating their own laws because laws haven't changed. Uh, Pastor Soto was skeptical. In March of 2015, in the beginning, he says, he says Robert goes, I think we're going to get your feathers back. And I said, I'm not going to believe it until I see it, until I feel those feathers in my hand. Remarkably, we got the feathers back. And the government said, The case is over. You sued over these feathers. We've given you the feathers back. Now what are we arguing about? There's, there's nothing left to fight over here, and so the court should dismiss the case. But we said, wait a second, not so fast. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This case is not over. There was still more that needed to be settled. Uh, yes, it was about some feathers. It's not just about the feathers. It's also about the discrimination that's written in to the government's own regulations, the idea that, that it's illegal for Native Americans to practice their religion. So it's not enough just to return the feathers. You also need to fix the law and make it no longer a crime for the plaintiffs to practice their religion. Luke felt this was crucial. If you meet Pastor Soto, talk with the members of his congregation, they were genuinely and legitimately living in fear. They were afraid to bring out their eagle feathers and dance and worship their creator in the way that they believe they were called to do. Uh, and the fact that the government is keeping an entire people group from exercising its religious uh, beliefs is a, is a very severe injustice in and of its own right. If they have laws like you can't advertise your gathering, if they have laws that they can't be the exchange of the money in the gathering, what are the laws that they have that they have not instigated uh, to destroy us as a, as a native community? And, and it seems like the government's always thinking of ways to bring us down, not so much physically, but spiritually, because the government knows if they can destroy our spirituality, they destroy the people. So what happened? Did the government change the law? Not really, but the government did agree to a settlement, and that was a game changer. Pastor Soto and his congregation won the right to possess eagle feathers. And remember, we said that members of federally recognized tribes are allowed to apply for permits to get feathers from the National Eagle Repository. Well, they won the right to do that too, even though the Lapan Apache are not a federally recognized tribe. 
And this settlement puts enormous pressure on the government. Once the government says 400 Native Americans who are not members of federally recognized tribes can possess and use eagle feathers in their religious practices, then the government doesn't have any good reason for telling the next Native American, who is also not a member of a federally recognized tribe, telling them, well, you can't use eagle feathers. You know, once 400 people can do it, why can't the next person? And I think this will put tremendous pressure on the government in a good way to change its regulations and eliminate the discrimination. This has huge implications for all people of faith. The idea that the government could come in in an undercover raid and stop you from exercising your religion, if the government has that power with respect to Native Americans, uh, where does it stop? So this settlement isn't just about Native Americans. Just like Hobby Lobby, it wasn't just about Christian business owners. It may be Native Americans today, but another faith group tomorrow. And so by getting a, getting a court decision that vigorously interprets the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, uh, and getting a settlement agreement that recognizes this sort of discrimination is wrong, that protects all people of faith. I love this case. It shows the strength of faith. Pastor Soto kept his conviction through years of litigation, even when he thought he would fail. And you know, Katie, what strikes me about this story is just how powerful the law is. One man had the courage to persist, and ultimately the law protected not only him, but hundreds of others. And it will continue to do that. Not just for Native Americans, but for all Americans. When I was a little boy, I had a, a dream, a vision, and, and in my dream vision, I was the center of the universe, and in that dream said, nothing will ever harm you. I think what this whole experience uh, has taught me was that nothing's impossible with God's help and some good lawyers. Thank you to Pastor Robert Soto and Beckett's own Luke Goodrich for granting us interviews for this episode. Music in this episode by Eric McNerney, Blue Dot Sessions, and Robert Soto. The Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty is a nonprofit public interest law firm dedicated to defending religious liberty for all. For more information on this case, our work, and stream of conscience, visit our website at beckettlaw.org or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. I'm Hannah Smith. And I'm Katie Geary. Thanks for joining us.